Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkus by Coho Creative. Welcome back. This is Ellen Craven, and I have with me again today the fabulous Lane Rumpke. Hi, everyone. And we have a very special guest, someone from my corporate past, who is a fabulous, fabulous person, and she has an incredible story to tell today. Uh, Patty Dominguez. Welcome, Patty. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Lynn. I'm really happy to be here. Super excited to share what I can with your audience. Yes, yes. And you have a business. So Patty, like like a lot of the listeners, have worked on the consultant side and the corporate side. And you have done both. And it's your journey is very interesting. And I'd love for you just to kind of give us a kind of a what's your story? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, just briefly, I was very conditioned to go to school so that I can go to college, right, to to get a good job. And then, of course, for, for my parents who are very blue-collar workers from, from third-world country, their biggest dream for my dad, he always said, he's like, I want you to have a nice car and a cell phone and a door. Like, he wanted me to have an office. Yeah, that was like the big dream because coming from from them i mean they worked hard hard with their hands that type thing so i really wanted to make them proud and i was very focused on that and plus i was like the first um, person in my family go to college like all the things you know so i had a lot of responsibility to do that and then um as i was in corporate i did the traditional thing i got married and then it was kids and then i went to go get my masters and then everything was trucking along really well and i was um, with a small consulting firm in 2008 and i had just come back from a trip a fabulous trip to san francisco where we went to dreamforce that conference that that salesforce conference that they put on um the foo fighters did a private concert i was like oh my gosh this is amazing i was an yeah, it was all time high. And then the market crashed and I was redundant and they let me go. So that to me was probably the first time that I felt out of control. And I I feel like I'm very much a driver. So I'm like, okay, how do I control this situation? And that was the first time I didn't have control over the situation. And I thought that I had been doing everything right. And I really thought long and hard. I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm no different than the French fry guy at McDonald's. Like my job could be taken away at any time. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I really recognize through a lot of different things that, um, that the job that I had, it wasn't an asset. And, um, I went through a lot of different emotions in 2009, both my husband and I were let go. And so we had saved money and the whole thing. So we were prepared in that respect. But what was really interesting is like, I started thinking in a different way. Um, and so that really got me out of my comfort zone around just thinking like, okay, I'm going to cl- uh, climb the ladder. I'm going to be a really good employee and doing all the things. And instead, I just really thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, how do I create a situation where I have more control over, over my future, over what I want to create, over the output, et cetera? So I didn't quite know because that back then, 2009, I didn't really understand about business coaching, life coaching, I didn't really know. So I wallowed my depression over lots of uh, chips and salsa and guacamole. And then I was like, why did I just gain 15 pounds? They're <laughs> organic <laughs> chips. Like, <laughs> right, you tell yourself those lines. Still chips. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, well, now I know that, but it was just so funny. Um, I just went through all of the emotions and I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to court because that's what I know. But in the meantime, I always had in the back of my head, I want to create a path out. I wanna be an entrepreneur. 
I didn't know what that was going to look like though. And so fast forward, um, January of 2013, I worked one day at the company that you and I, Ellen worked at, uh, so I could get my big fat bonus. And then off I went. And basically when I left corporate, um, I fully admit and I'm very transparent about it. Now I had a lot of ego cause I was just like, yeah, F you corporate, you know, I'm never going back. And Wait, I just had this, you worked horrible. one day. No, no, no. I worked one day in January of 2013 oh. so I could get the bonus. Oh, so I kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, let me get one day. Let me write that down. <laughs> like, you work some more one day. <laughs> no, so I could get the bonus for the previous year. Cause yeah. it was like, it was a good bonus too. So anyway, yeah, so when that bonus year, it was a good bonus. Oh my God, it was out. And then I, I got like superior achieved or something. So I was oh. just like, oh, I left on a good note. I, I will say that. Um, but what was so fascinating is that in 2013, I ventured off into entrepreneurship and nobody prepares you for what was to come. Uh, again, lots of different emotions. Oh my God, what did I do? Right. And then it was like, okay, I was so like, there's some weird thing going on here. You want control, but you go into entrepreneurship. Totally. Like who, <laughs> right. And that's the thing. It's like, I, and here's the thing. You made such a great point because when you're an employee, it doesn't matter if you're unproductive or productive every two weeks, you get your paycheck, you know, so you can slip a little bit and you get really comfortable, but in entrepreneurship, you're responsible for what you create. And so long story short, I went through, I call it the greatest roller coaster ride ever because I have been through it all the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and I've, I've, met incredible people, been mentored by very successful entrepreneurs. And in that process, there's just some real key ideas that I walk away with that literally create just these shifts. Um, every time I meet somebody new, that just kind of brings me to the next level. So now what I do is I, I, um, I'm a business coach or online marketing coach for female entrepreneurs. And these are women that usually are over 35, more into the 40 year range where they've had their corporate career and then they're looking at the encore career. Like now, what am I going to do? You know? So in the advent of people being able to create something online, I, I got ahead of that curve a little bit. So that was really good. And that's basically what I help them with. And so while in a, my particular industry, it is extremely crowded, extremely bloody ocean, right? And there's a lot of competition. I really, I was fixated. I'm like, okay, how do I find my white space? Right. So I, there's just certain things that I learned from corporate after, right? I dropped the ego, by the way, in between that whole process. I'm like, wait a minute, I have to acknowledge that I did learn a whole lot in corporate, you know, oh, yeah. and I'd be an yeah. idiot to turn away from that. Once I really just kind of settled in and grounded and, and just say, okay, what can I apply to what I've learned? And it, it is, it's about finding the white space. It's about finding your zag and, and doing all these things that are different. And so when I realized that positioning was something that people in the online uh, entrepreneur space we're not talking about, I, I hang my hand on that, right? So that's kind of the hill that I'm willing to die on. My through line is all about positioning. So I created the brand positioning to profit. And that's where I have this new conversation that's new, unique, and interesting. And so that's how I found the white space in what I do. So this is really the positioning to profit. Is it considered a, the company now and the podcast? Has it merged together or is it separate? It's funny that you say that because when I, I've been podcasting since 2015, so I've done like three different ones, but I started this particular podcast 
I called it one thing and then I switched to positioning to profit after 30 years. Uh, and today I launched my hundredth episode, which is kind of fun. And oh, I just kind of did a, <laughs> I did a recall a little bit about how it's okay to pivot when you understand that the messaging part of it, it's so iterative, yep. right? It's really iterative and you know, intuitively, and it's about trusting your gut to say, okay, this this is the thing. This is the message that I'm going to hang my head on that makes sense that when I was testing it out um, to what I call my premium prospects, they were like, oh, that's cool. Like, they're kind of like, oh, tell me more. And I know that if somebody says, oh, tell me more, it's like, okay, I hit it. I hit the mark. And all the other concepts that I've been thinking about didn't do as well. So I hope I answered your questions. Yeah, no, and it's funny because like I I was thinking about, oh, if I introduced you, how would I introduce you? And I was like thinking you 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 consult with female entrepreneurs who need or who need help positioning their businesses to profit. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's the podcast. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's that makes sense. What's really cool about that, and I didn't even recognize, for example, because I have positioning in my podcast name, um, if somebody on Amazon does a search for that positioning book that everybody knows by Al Reese, I come up as another option because my podcast, nice. so from an SEO standpoint, it's giving me some traffic in that respect, which yeah. I think is really cool. And that was completely by happenstance, by the way. I didn't plan that. It just it came out really well uh, you know, in that respect to name it that. Nice. So what do you think you, you would have ever explained yourself 10 years ago as being an, an inventor and an innovator? Because you're very innovative about how you think and how you approach things. Is that something you would have considered yourself as being in terms of a characteristic? I mean, I was so enamored when I first read Seth Godin Permission Marketing in the late 90s. And the way that he taught, I just it was a very... Um, big follower of his early, early on in, when he was a director of marketing, I think at Yahoo, um, that's going way back then. And I remember hearing him on different conferences and I actually traveled to New York City because I wanted to hear him speak. It was like this boardroom thing. It was just so cool. And he would point out in his way, which he has such a, a, a profound yet simple way of explaining yeah. concepts, you know, that is really intriguing to me. He's like, I don't understand how people can purport to build the brand if you're not different. And I always just kind of kept that in mind. It's like different is better than better. And while most people talk about their mousetrap being better, faster, this and that, like that's not where it's at. It's different. It's about being new, unique, and interesting. And I always kind of carry that concept into the back of my head is like when everybody else is zigging you on a zag is really what it comes yeah. down yeah. to. So I credit him for that kind of, um, he planted that seed. Really yeah. 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 I've, I always thought of you as a creative problem solver. So I don't know if you knew that, that I knew no. that, that way, but yeah, after working Thank with you, you oh, I, I received thought that. of you as being like a creative problem solver, even if it's something that's highly functional and tactical, you would think about it in a creative way in terms of how to solve something. So. Yeah. And I, it, that feels really comfortable to me because the one thing is that um, people will ask me, well, what should I do this and that? And I'm like, okay, what will I, and then I just, I'm like, I don't know, let me pull, let me pull from the grid. Let me pull from, <laughs> let me get a download. And then people think they're like, oh my God, that's so woo. But I'm like, I don't know. I'll go out for my walk and something comes to me or whatever. It's funny, right? How we go into our creative process. Yeah. Well, you have to. Different is better than better is rattling around in my brain now like that is such a good little phrase yeah yeah so I want to know 
obviously your whole, a lot of your role is to coach these women as they start their new ventures. And I want to know what role innovation plays in your guidance for these women. How do you get them to to prioritize innovation and think creatively. Yeah, it really is a foundation for where I start the conversation because the 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 positioning side of things is something that they haven't thought about. Um, what I, I what I've seen that is really rampant and it's almost a chronic thing is that these women and this is not just women. This is anybody who is venturing into the online space. There's a lot of different gurus that have their courses and they're all like a thousand or two thousand dollars and people get courseritis you know it's a real thing where they're just like okay well maybe this is the course that i need that's finally going to help me yeah right or like this is the secret you know because these marketers they're direct response marketers and they're genius at the art of persuasion um, in terms of the languaging that they use. So people get really enamored that it's this is the secret. And when you really, really think about it in the way that I present it is like, okay, let's just, okay, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Imagine your dream home, right? And they're like, okay. And then I'm like, okay, imagine that you want to build your dream home. What, Where would you start? You would start by hiring an architect that's going to build the blueprints, right? Because otherwise you just have a house of cards. So most people focus on their marketing around like the logo and the colors and then the website and their pictures and all that, all that stuff that is like the visual interpretation of the positioning. So I said, the unsexy truth is that you have to have your positioning in place, right? So doing that work is going to create the foundation and the architecture that you need that becomes the springboard for everything else that you're doing. So when I explain it to that in that way, it gives them permission to say, oh, that's what I've been missing, right? And I, and I said, yeah, because what's happening in the market is that there's so much noise and I always and kind of have this equivalent, I'm gonna do this as an ad that I'm, gonna, I'm going to run, is imagine a thousand piece puzzle that you're throwing on the table, but you don't have the picture of what puzzle you're putting together. That's what's happening. That's what's rampant in, in the online marketing space. And people are spending tens of thousands of dollars when these fundamental foundational principles have to be honored. I don't care if it's 2021 or back when I was reading about it in 1997. You know what I mean? These things are true. They're tried and true for a reason. So it's about having that conversation. And that really opens the door for them to be innovative around, let's find the white space. Let's find how you're different. So then are you then working with them through one-on-one coaching or, or do you end up running like workshops with them? Yeah, all of the above. So I, I do have online courses. So I have something called the niche and pitch, or if you were in Europe, you'd call it the niche and pitch, but it doesn't sound as good. So it's a course where I'm like, okay, you have to find your niche because what's not enough is that people think that their certification or their education is enough. And to me, I love this, this, um, this uh, comment that I learned in corporate, it's like, that's cost of entry. That's not your competitive advantage. Right. And so we were like, Whoa, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you've been hanging your head that you got XYZ certification, the, like the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Well, guess what says so did 2000 other people last year, you know, so you have to be different. So saying I'm a health coach is not enough. But mm-hmm. what if, for example, that you want to focus on, on health, nutrition, keto, for women uh, postpartum, right? Where they're looking to build their belly fat. So now you're specializing. So I give a lot of stories and I give those kind of examples of how to work with them. So I do that through courses. 
Um, I do have several one-on-one -on -one clients, but I also have a community um, because I'm really an advocate for scaling. And the idea there is I have uh, a community of female entrepreneurs. They pay me a monthly fee and it's community-based and they have courses and coaching. I mean, I have people from all over the world that are that are part of it. And so we're really focused on, because here's the other thing that I've been really thinking a lot about lately, is that in my space, it is so crowded, like I mentioned, it really is, it's brutal. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, how can I be different? You know, how can I be different? So positioning is one thing, but to me, building your tribe or your community, that's magical because it, it infuses the emotion. It goes to like, if you can build a business of a thousand true fans, like you'll have more money than you know what to do with. And that's so magical. And I've seen it for myself. I launched this um, community in uh, the fall of last year and I didn't want to do it. Cause I was like, it's kind of like where you have a party and nobody shows up. You're like, I'm a loser. Nobody's coming. You know what Aww. I mean? Yeah. And I wish I could show you guys a picture. I'll show it to you. But imagine this, I actually posted it in my email that I sent out today the first time I did it, I had one woman who joined me and that woman, I'm like, she just believed in the message that I was sharing and she joined. And I was like, it was just a bunch of ideas in my head of what I wanted to put, put together. And it hasn't even been a year. And then I showed this other picture of like this community and it's like the zoom quadrants all full and literally people from all over. And so the message in my email was about you have, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. It's just a matter of starting yeah. and, and just trusting the process, which I think people it is the thing where people get in their heads and they start to question, like, is this worth it? Can, should I keep going? And that's what really. Oh, yeah. And they paralyze themselves and then they don't even take that. Just take the step. Just see yeah. what happens. Yeah. It could go different ways and that's okay. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's, that's great. And it's, I, I love that you did, you did establish the community. I think communities more and more are, so important, especially from a, you know, living in a virtual world and not just because of COVID, but things being virtual because the other pieces, I, I love the fact that you've been able to connect from an international standpoint as well. I mean, that gives you that, that I'm sure is helping from a point of difference, I would think. And I think having a female community is just a whole added layer, especially entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm sure you, you know this more than I do, but I know it's definitely more of a male dominated area. So building up women in this space, I think is really great and important. Very much. It's a lot of bro marketing. I remember yeah. the first pasta, the first podcast I had is called boss free society. And I um, had it with my friend, uh, Tim, because when I quit my job, I had quite a few people that I worked with at corporate and they would contact me and be like, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what, what's going on? And they're like, how'd you do it? I'm like, well, how do you mean? How'd I do it? They're like, how did you quit? I'm like, what do you mean? You just quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was some planning. And so I had, I was thinking about it. I'm like, maybe we should do a podcast. And the intro of that podcast is so funny because it talks about like how to fire your boss hole. Like if you have a boss hole or whatever, and it just, we interviewed over a hundred entrepreneurs and 99% were all men. And I was like, gosh, this is an issue. You know what I mean? So that's why I wanted the second podcast I did, which is, you know, positioning to profit it's women. And I have men who contact me. Maybe I've had a couple of guys um, who've been on the show, but I really do want to keep it women only. I feel like women need it. The other thing is that there's a few women in the online marketing space. It's the, they're kind of the go-to's 
and everybody has them on their podcast and everybody has it. It's like enough already. There's other people in the world. Do you know what I mean? So it's about expanding um, that reach and just putting it out there. New thoughts too. It's not, yeah. It's, yeah. You talk to somebody and you are going to automatically start thinking about something just a little bit different, which is, is important. You do need to have those, those extra connections that are outside your norm, which is yeah. every who I'm trying to remember who we were talking to recently. And they were talking about the fact that, you know, yes, there are more women. So we're talking about venture capitalists, right? There are more women groups, but we were thinking, oh, the scenario would play out that the women were more likely to pick up on women entrepreneurs. And the fact of the matter is they're more likely to pick up on the ideas that are the biggest and the best because mm-hmm. they are competing in a man's world and the, they're mm-hmm. competing against all the male venture capitalists. And I, I remember doing a couple years working with venture capitalists, all men, and all of the companies that they would have me go in and consult with, all men led. So having you say that, and this was a while ago, but having you hearing it, it's telling me that it hasn't changed. It has, it's made improvements. It's progressed, but maybe not as much as I would have expected, which is kind of a bummer, but. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has progressed, but the lion's share of kind of the gurus and the companies and the online marketing space and direct response, even if you see conferences of copywriters, and it's always, always almost all men all the time. Interesting. I mean, it takes a lot of risk and a lot of confidence, which oh, true. A lot of- I feel like it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to know what you consider your greatest success. My greatest success is basically that I feel like I get to live what I call my dharma, like the reason for being, my reason for being every single day. I love what I do. I genuinely love working. I love what I get to do. I mean, I I talk about it and I talk about the fact that I create expansion for these women. Um, If you really think about it, it's not the marketing. I can give you the tactics or that funnel or this direct response or what should my headline be? It's not about that. It's about like opening up, opening their eyes to possibility and helping guide them. And that's so much more fulfilling. I mean, I'm super... Um, thankful that I get to have a business that's really successful for me. Like it's, you know, multiple six figures and that's really cool. But what's way cooler is when I'm able to help these females that have these ideas and that goes from idea to reality. It goes from idea to fruition. And they're like, I made my first $5,000 this month, or I made my first 10,000 or helping my clients get from 10,000 to 40,000 a month. I mean, it is totally possible. And so I figured that even though it's about the marketing of what you're doing, but it has a lot to do with the identity as well. So that's a really big component to the coaching that I'm able to help them with is I really believe, and I've seen it over and over that, I I mean, I went through it myself, is that your business identity, right? It has to do like your business results will always meet your identity. So how is it that I can tell three people the same thing and somebody like just rocks it out and then somebody else is all in their heads, fight, flight, or freeze, and somebody else gets their just average kind of, of you know, results. It's the same, it's the same content. So it's not necessarily about the content. The content is again cost of entry. Yeah. Which the difference maker is like really helping them to cross the bridges and, and and like really break through and to let go of all of these things that keep them stuck. That's what's really rewarding. Love it. Love it, love it. And I and people don't see this, but I see a chocolate chip cookie pillow behind you. That was my epiphany. Tell us. 
that was my epiphany. That was the thing. I was doing this consulting gig in like 2016. And I remember um, somebody had contacted me through LinkedIn. They're like, hey, can you help us? Because we want to source some new agencies. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. Um, so I was there and, and they were doing, it was Australia, New Zealand. It was for a consumer packaged goods brand. And there was a bunch of people on these Zoom calls. Like, of course, you know, Ellen, yeah. brand manager, the agency, all these people, this and that. And they were talking about like how to segment the market, the market segmentation, this and that. I was like, holy, you know, I don't know if I can swear, holy ass. I was <laughs> like, I can't believe there's all these people on this call talking about the positioning of this chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, and if the big brands are doing it for a cookie, why are we not doing it for ourselves as yeah. entrepreneurs? And that's when I was like, that's it. That's going to be my white space. And that's where, yeah. and, you know, that's how it all happened. And you still have a cookie pillow. I love it. Yeah. And I use it like, I'm like, if a cookie, why are we doing it for ourselves? You know? So yeah. What do your parents think now? My dad passed away um, five years ago and he was really proud. Like he was really proud of when I wanted to go out on my own. Um, he's always really proud. And in fact, he would kind of exaggerate. I'm like, dad, well, it's not like I'm Tony Robbins here. Like just calm down, you know? So very proud. And for my mom, I mean, she knows that my biggest, highest value is freedom. Um, so I get to do what I want. I get to, you know, have my weeks the way I want. Um, and that is just, her thing is like, I just want you to be happy. And at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy. And so if I could do that and I have joy in what I do, I think I'm, I'm I think I'm winning pretty good in that space because I love what I do. Yep. That's great. You can tell you're very passionate, which is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so if you were to help, uh, so let's, let's put a, put your, put your magic wand in your hand and you could help a category. What category would it be? that you would like to go in and, and really shake things up and make them think differently about, about how, how to praise that, but what would you do? Who would, where would it be? What would it be? Yeah. It's funny that you say that we were just doing a tour um, for my son uh, who just graduated from high school. And he's going to go to art school in Detroit and uh, very much interested because of COVID and everything that's happened a lot of kids, you know, a lot of teenagers are really struggling on the mental health front. And he told me, he's like, mom, I don't understand. So we did a whole host of things to kind of help him through. So, you know, he kind of went through his own dark time. And what was really interesting is that he has friends that have been really struggling. They, they go to these mental health facilities and they're just very impersonal. And they're very sterile and they're very with the fluorescent light. And I remember they told him to go and we kind of go more the homeopathic route of, of things. Like I'm totally a hippie in that respect. And so um, he's had his healing journey. And, and what's really interesting is that he kind of had this epiphany. He's like, why are we creating these sanctuary spaces in the mental health community? They need that. Love it. Right. And that was kind of the catalyst for, picking the school that he wants to go to and once he wants to focus on. I'm like, oh my God, that's so genius. So we went on the tour and we were just thinking about, like, as you're looking at these amazing interior design students and product development students and how innovative they are. I mean, I got chills. This was just last week. I was like, I'm so excited for what you're going to do. This is a space that needs this. Nice. So much. So yeah, that's super exciting. 
So you have three kids. Yeah, yeah. My kids are super. Yeah, well, my boys, right? Two yeah, boys. my oldest, okay. yeah, um, he went into more, uh, he's going into like anti-aging aesthetics, doing that kind of thing. He's also a drag queen. He does drag as well. I mean, my kids are like, they own who they are. Yes, <laughs> oh, great. And, yeah, like totally different. I love so, what it yeah. can be now. That's, I mean, for me, that's the shift. It, it can be. It's not, it's not an issue. Yeah, which is really yeah. fun because they get to be creative and so my mom, who is a devout Catholic, helps him with his wigs. She's like, yeah, let me help you with your wigs. Awesome. <laughs> <Don't be crazy. laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, see, you've got creativity running in your family. Yeah. <laughs> we call our podcast Hunting for Nova Sparkus because we are really committed to sparking new thinking in others and really to start conversations, create change. So is there some kind of a piece of wisdom or something that you really want to leave with our viewers today, especially from a female standpoint? Because obviously this this season is really about women as inventors and really showcasing how they do think differently. They can make things happen. And and there is, you know, there is a, a need for more women to step up and be innovators. Totally, totally. So is this, what, what, what would it be? Yeah, I, I think the thing that moves people is really understanding that it's about owning your different. When I said, and even and as I said it, you know, Lane, her ears perked up. It's like, yeah, different is better than better. I think that, would, on, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be the first thing. The other one is, um, I believe it's Claude Hopkins, a famous copywriter from the 60s, I believe. And he said people buy an emotion and they justify with logic. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing where people go wrong, especially in my space is they try to sell their thing based on logic and it's not logic. It's a very right. feminine energy when you are able to speak to somebody's limbic brain um, around how do you connect the dots emotionally? Cause that's, what's going to get somebody to buy. Yep. That's, that's the magic. And yep. I think that the more real we get in our marketing and in what I do, the more you're able to connect with the people, but that does come with risk that you're going to turn off some people because they don't connect with you. Like, I don't get you. And that's okay. Right. right? So that element, what it really does provide is contrast and there's magic in contrast. There's magic in emotion. There's magic in that tangibility. Um, so these are just the brain triggers. I'm really fascinated lately with this whole concept of the brain triggers, the things that move people to buy. And so I've, I've been a very much a student of that. And the way that I connect the dots is even hearing today, I told you about the chocolate chip cookie and I could talk about, you know, building the dream. So I use those visuals, right? So as people hear it, they connect it. Why? Because it's all playing on the emotional. It's playing on how do I articulate things in a way that they can paint a picture, and there's a lot of power in that. Yep. Yep. Coming from a creative discipline. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like so totally amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you um, so much for joining us today. As it was a pleasure to talk with you. If you would like to hear more, Patty, do you want to oh, introduce your Yes, for podcast? those female Yeah. For those female entrepreneurs that are interested in creating your own category of one, making the competition irrelevant, you could find me um, on iTunes, Stitcher, and any of the other podcast players, Spotify. The podcast is Positioning to Profit. The brand is positioningtoprofit.com. Great.
she has a lot of great advice and a lot of energy and a lot of great uh, uh, a lot of great guests that she talks to. So thank you, ladies. Great. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome. You for the invite. I loved it. I love podcasting. Yes, I love you. what you're doing. And I just am really grateful for this opportunity. If hunting for Nova Spark has tapped into your curiosity or sparked any new thinking, check us out and get in touch with us at cohocreative.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coho Creative. 